This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. from Studio 6B on a Tuesday night. Glad you're in. It is Tuesday, right? Yes, Tuesday night. Glad you're in. Slick Rick's going to do some sports. Rick Delgado's got the news. Tonight, Paul Nolan is off. I'm already in the getter chat seeing who's in there. Carefree Largo, what's going on? Tommy Brees, what's going on? Gemma, what's going on? Getter chat, get it fired up tonight. Like and share. Let's get the message out. Slick Rick, I think Georgia scored again. Oh, again. Just now. Touchdown. Winner, winner. Chicken dinner. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's the easiest game you'll ever have. Absolutely, man. The dogs rolled, man. Yeah. Never uh, never in doubt. No. Almost Which rarely happens. Rarely happens. Yep. But it just shows you this is what you get when, uh, you know, you're into this. And I'm, I like the playoff thing. But, you know, you get a team like TCU. They had a good season, but they don't play any. I mean, they don't play anybody like the like the SEC, you know, and then they they make a nice little run. And I was thinking about Michigan or Ohio State making it to this game, too. I think they all would have suffered the same fate, honestly. Just too big of a team. I mean, George is borderline NFL team. In fact, one NFL executive didn't want to be quoted. He said last night through ESPN channels that he said, I think they could actually play with most of the NFL teams, this team that's out here today. I mean, he's Lyman big D, 350 pounds, 6'7". Come on. I mean, they don't make him like that too much in the rest of the country. Yeah. Uh, never in doubt. So good for Slick Rick. Wins his uh, game. Now we'll be looking forward to next Monday night in the Slick Rick camp. Oh, yeah, it's going to be uh, On the Dallas playoff camp. <laughs> it's just going to be must-watch TV. So My wife could not believe I've accepted to come here. She said, "You really? You're going to go there to do the show? Well, she, she knows. Appointment television. It's, uh, you, we're, here to, we're here to entertain the people. So yeah. that's what comes first. So yeah. we're gonna, with that, with that will definitely. <laughs> See, the thing is going to be you're not going to know when. Or there's going to be no red lights or anything like right. that. You're not going and know when we're on you. This is not appointment. So. This is going to be commitment television. As if you're going to commit me right after the game if they lose. Straight jacket will be ready. Exactly. Yes. That jacket looks pretty straight right there. Yeah, That's a blue, pretty uh, slick looking. What was that? Satin. Yeah, full suit, full suit, blue pants, the boot, Matt, same Matt pants, the whole nine yards. And I saw the shoes looking pretty good. I think Rock we've seen roll. these shoes before, but they look pretty good anyway. They've seen so. them before. How yep. about those speedos? You wear the no, we didn't get silk that. speedos. This is a family show. Come yeah, on, come on. Um, Rick Delgado is going to do the news. How are you? I am well. How about you? Good. Um, what's uh, caught your fancy today in the news? Anything? Uh, well, you know, all the heavy, all the heavy lifting being done by the mainstream media for Biden today. <laughs> My God, they all need to go see a chiropractor. <laughs> Unbelievable. I guess, I guess the the big joke is the think tank. I'm still I'm still hung up on that one. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like really just, just stick him in a tank and let him run around like like, like he's a gerbil or something. I don't know what to tell you. Um, All right, yeah, well, uh, emergency, emergency. What? The Zen master is in the chat, and he said, "I oh. don't know how entertaining it is, Big D." What is us? Us? Well, he said, "I said, I guess." What is he talking about? You? I know, I'm I'm pretty. 
fairly entertaining. I don't know. So should we just pack up and go? Well, I yeah. don't know. That's uh, a concerning comment to look over and see flying in the chat. I, that's, oof. Hey, can I do a shout-out? Yeah, sure. All right. Make I it have... entertaining, though, please. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 ha- I had a Slick Rick moment today. Yes. Where, where somebody recognized me from the show. Believe really? it or not. Really? I was at Target. I ran in to grab some stuff. Hey, Shenny. And, uh, yeah, yeah. no, <laughs> shut up. Oh, no, okay. <laughs> and, and, and as I'm checking out, I'm doing the self-checkout, because that's me, I'm self-checkout guy. Um, there was someone who was just using the self-checkout that I was on in front of me, and as she's gathering her stuff, because, I, of course, I'm, I'm trying to push her way out of there, um, she turns, she's like, hey, are, are you Rick Delgado? I'm like, yeah. And immediately I'm thinking, okay, maybe somebody I went to school with. No. She, she's like, oh, I watch your show every night. I'm like, really? I'm sorry about that. <laughs> you didn't say that. <laughs> then no. she, he thought she was asking for his autograph, right. but then he, no, he had to sign the credit card. So. Right. I was trying to, uh, she, she wanted me to sign the receipt. Um, you didn't say that. You no, it was a very nice, a very nice lady named Lori that I met today in Target. Okay. Uh, so hello to Lori. Thank you for watching the show. Well, we she's not watching it. tonight. No, of course not. No. Nobody's watching tonight. She's like, I watch the show. I'm yeah, like, really? She's like, now, no. She's like, oh, forget them. I'm not watching so, yeah. that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was it was very cool. Well, Harry, I said, I, I said do you want a picture? She's like, no. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Enjoy your shopping. You can't offer up. Do you want a picture? That's lame. Yeah, well. they have to ask you. So, well, Harry always tells me we got to get out to the people, and you'd be surprised. But I don't, you know. So I don't know. I mean, you never know who you're talking to. I mean, obviously, we have the chat, and we love the chat, so we know them. But, uh, you know, you never quite know who you're reaching until you get out there. So maybe we'll do that some more this year. What, go to Target? Yeah, go to Target. That's okay. what I'm saying. Oh, no, we're, I mean, we're going back there. on the road again? <laughs> well, you're not going to come. You're going to stay here and get locked in the room. So. I'm going to need to, believe me. All right, lots to do tonight. <laughs> Slick Rick will do sports. Rick will do news. We've got... Um, I mean, I think it came together last minute, so I'm going to spend some time with it tonight. But John Solomon, the man the head, had 45 on. Really? Yeah. Wow. Kind of a um, last-minute request, I believe, from Mr. Wow. Solomon to uh, the former president. And he jumped on with him, and it was a great interview. Four big questions that the president covered. And we're going to get into all, all of it. I'm going to play the entire interview for you, spread okay. over the entire show tonight. All right. And it's great stuff. Now, now, was this done in a studio? Did he jump on the phone? On the phone. I mean, on the phone. Okay, yeah, on so the phone. you know what? That That's probably even better because it's kind of, you, you know, when, when something is unexpected, you're like, you know what? Yeah, let me jump on there. And it, it always seems like when you do that with a guest, the guest ends up being a little bit more relaxed. They're not as prepared and they shoot from the hip more. So you get more out of them, which, which I think works out great. Yeah. Um, so getting to the first topic that they covered is obviously what I joked about with the heavy lifting from the media, which we referenced it last night, but it's in full, full swing, uh, today, full swing, the heavy lifting from the, uh, from the media on the Biden classification issue. And believe it or not, CNN today has an exclusive tonight. As a matter of fact, this was about 6, 19 PM. It came out U S intelligence materials related to Ukraine, Iran, And UK found in Biden's private office, sources tell CNN, among the items from Joe Biden's time as vice president discovered in a private office last fall uh, are 10 classified documents. They're telling us 10, so you could probably times that by 10 to get the real number, including U.S. intelligence memos, U.S. intelligence memos and briefing materials 
that covered topics including Ukraine, Iran, the United Kingdom, according to a source familiar with the matter. Attorney General Merrick Garland has received a preliminary report on the documents, a law enforcement source said, and now faces the critical decision on how to proceed, including whether to open a full-blown criminal investigation. John Lausch, Jr., the U.S. attorney in Chicago, has briefed Garland multiple times. No additional briefings are scheduled, but, we can, but would be conducted if necessary, a source said. The classified documents were dated between 2013 and 2016, according to the source familiar. They were found in three or four boxes, also containing unclassified papers that fall under the Presidential Records Act. Well, of course, he wasn't the president. He was the vice president. The vast majority of the items in the office contain uh, personal Biden family documents, including materials about Bo Biden's funeral arrangements and condolence letters. The source told CNN it is not clear if the boxes with classified documents contain personal materials. Not really sure what it matters either, by the way. And, and are, we, are we to believe, now, maybe Biden of today can't remember because he can't remember uh, to put his pants on most days. But are we supposed to believe back in 13, 16, that this guy couldn't remember that these were there? Nano, no, no, I don't know. Yeah, well, that's today. That's, <laughs> no, that's no, the no. Biden of today, nano, no, no, I don't know. This guy remembers to tell us about Bo Biden at every damn speech he can work it into. He knows every detail about everything. Yeah. He knows every detail about his grandfather. He used to play football. It was, you know, almost oh, yeah, went we pro. Rockney. You know, from back in, in 1919. <laughs> You're telling me, yeah, exactly. You're telling me he doesn't know. Oh, you know what? Let me make sure I grab these uh, documents from the Ukraine and, and Iran. That just so happened, you know, maybe I could have been involved with some corruption there. I should probably take these and make sure nobody gets their eyes on them because my name is on it. The documents were discovered on November 2nd, just six days before the midterm elections, but the matter only became public Monday. <laughs> I mean, I wonder why. I wonder why. As James Comer and um, Kevin McCarthy and um, Jim Jordan and the Republicans go through this whole public speakership fight, take control of the House, and then voila, this gets leaked on Monday. Yeah. Interesting. Now, and here's, here's the amazing part of what, this is how CNN, they, they go to great lengths to come up with this right here. They, they bury <laughs> in the middle of the article. Now, just look at this. Classified documents found. Now, th they make it sound like the law somehow has like padding in it for like how you act once you realize that you have this material. Right. Like somehow that affects Oh, he's co I've heard all day today. Oh, he's cooperating. He cooperated right away. Oh. Uh, okay. But you know what? As a matter of fact, I remember uh, President Trump and his people cooperating for months with the National Archives, having them come down, check things out. That was cooperation, I believe, right? That's what we heard he was. Uh, we heard that for months. It had been going on for months, a back and forth, a negotiation. So here's the difference, folks. <laughs> Joe Biden, 10 total documents. Donald Trump. They put the words at least 325 total documents. So they have to put those two words at least to draw the distinction. Now, if it's 10 documents for Biden, I'd be shocked. It's probably 100. Who knows how many? Yeah, but even, uh, the point but, being, what's the, who cares? Yeah, even one is, is one too many. Yeah. Oh, some. <laughs> some top secret. <laughs> some. 60 Only top some. secret. <laughs> is, some. Is that, some. Is that a number? Some. Like, like, how would they know? Yeah. <laughs> 
Like, how would they know for sure? They have no, they have no idea. No. They have zero idea. They're making we it. have as much idea as they do. Um, number three, cooper- <laughs> cooperating. <laughs> I love that one. Cooperating. Number three, for Trump, under investigation for obstruction. Well, you know, an obstruction, you need to show intent. So is it, is it out of the question that we could show intent with Biden? Of course not. Because remember... Trump was cooperating, and now he's under investigation for obstruction. Yeah, so that, that cooperation. Yeah, that cooperation got him to here. Right. Lawyers found and alerted archives. Archives first reached out to Trump's lawyers as as of distinction. The archives reach out to every former president. Yeah. Now you notice they don't they don't in their little distinction chart here bring up the classification difference between the president and the vice president. One having some, and one having zero. That's not in the little chart here. That's not there? I don't know. You can't scroll down and they, find that? No, they ran no. out of, I guess, the box. The guy who did this in Photoshop no. ran out of, ran out of uh, you know, space at the bottom to draw the distinction between the declassification of the executive branch. Well, you know what? Don't be a doubly downer. Maybe the guy intended to put that in there, and he just, he just forgot. And the former vice president, the dumbest vice president we've ever had, by the way, now the dumbest president we've ever had, <laughs> who has no classification ability as vice president that's not in the little distinction chart a source told cnn that a personal lawyer for biden was closing out the downtown dc office well look at here what's this one of those deals hey i have a theory well hold that theory i'm going to biden was asked about it today he literally read from a script (laughs) literally looked down and read from a script to answer the question about it The president, 45, President Trump has some thoughts about this and sports all coming up when we get back. Live from Studio 6B on a Tuesday. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. All right, 17 past the hour, live from Studio 6B. Get our chats fired up. Carefree Lager, what's going on? More than entertaining. Thank you very much. Carefree Lager, good people. Uh, Slick Rick's doing sports. Rick Delgado's got the news coming up. We were leading with the Biden um, classified documents in the media today, just fall, you know, ju- grabbing the pom-poms and 
jumping in line as much as they can. John Solomon and Amanda Head were able to get the president of the United States, 45, President Trump on to ask him about it. Let's do a little bit of it. Uh, Here's cut eight. Trump asked on the Biden docs. Roll that, G. Your reaction after all the president said about you, after all the President Biden said about you, for him to have classified documents in his office. Your thoughts? Well, you know, as vice president, he doesn't have the right to declassify. They shouldn't have been there. And for that long, I guess it was seven years or nine years now, I'm hearing very extended periods of time. It was also big stuff, a lot of it having to do with Ukraine. And as you know, his son got paid hundreds of thousands of dollars a month from Ukraine. And I think they got a $3 million upfront payment to sit on the board of a company that was a very problematic company, a very a company that had a lot of problems. But uh, it was uh, shocking, actually, to see. Actually shocking. Well, I think they knew long before November 2nd. Uh, I think he knew probably right from the beginning. And I think a lot of it had to do with uh, Ukraine because that was the papers he kept. And no, I think they knew about this for a long time and they didn't do anything about it. Now, there is a big difference. I mean, a lot of differences, first of all, but there is a big we were having very good conversations with NARA. All of a sudden, they just come in and raid. They raid Mar-a-Lago. But we were having they didn't have to do that because we would have given it over. We were having very, very productive conversations. No problem. And then they do the big grandstand. But very importantly, as I come under the Presidential Records Act, meaning the president comes under the Presidential Records Act, the vice president comes under the uh, Federal Records Act. The Federal Records Act is brutal. The Presidential Records Act, and this is because of, you know, years and years of uh, litigation when people leave office, what they take, what they don't take. And, you know, they've actually paid, remember, they paid, I think, $18 million to Richard Nixon to get his, the things that he took from office. So this is after years of litigation. But interestingly, the Federal Records Act, the vice president comes under, and it's brutally, it's criminal. The, the, it's a criminal act, whereas the Presidential Records Act is not criminal. In fact, it says you talk and you work it out, and if you don't work it out, you keep talking. I mean, you know, it's sort of a very calm thing. They shouldn't even be, they shouldn't be looking at me under the Presidential Records Act. It's a disgrace. But under the Federal Records Act, which is the vice president, it's a very, uh, it's a very high standard, and it's, it is very, very tough. It's a different world. He's, again, he's under this federal act that's very tough and i'm under i i i was perfect under the presidential records act we were negotiating with nara now you know nara is a far left group of people i don't know if you know or if you've ever heard they've red flagged essentially red flagged the constitution of the united yes, states and the Bill of Rights. they said it's a dangerous document yep. I mean, this is what we're dealing with yep. uh, these are people that uh you know look they have some real difficulties okay but this is a very left-wing group of people in there, and I think that's got to be corrected. Yeah, there's a lot of debate about that. It's so such an important thing. But you, I did nothing wrong. I mean, just to finish this yeah. off, I did absolutely nothing wrong, and we were talking to them, and we gave them a tremendous amounts of stuff. Now, uh, Biden only gave it. He had it for nine years. I mean, uh, now I'm here. At first, I heard it was a couple of years, and I heard, then ultimately, I just heard a little while ago, they had it for it could be nine years. And now you have to say, well, what about all of these places that he's got? He's got a a tremendous trove of things at the University of Delaware, I understand. Right. He's got another one at Penn. He's got a big trove up at Penn. Uh, And then what about his house? And what about Biden's? uh, What about Hunter's house? 
And, you know, who's going to go in there like they did with me? Who's going to do that? No, I think and I think we've had tremendous support from the Republicans who think it's totally unfair. It's a very unfair situation. And conservatives and Republicans have gone through this for years, but I'm the record setter. There's no question about it. Yeah, yeah. That's great stuff from the president. It's right on, on in everything he said. And, and maybe my favorite part of it is when he points out, you, we talked about Delaware yesterday, and Tara Reid saying, go check those documents. Those documents are under harder lock and key than uh, if the Secret Service was protecting them. What about his home in Delaware? What about his home in Redondo Beach or wherever he's got all these homes, this guy? Where's the FBI doing what they did to Trump? If they're, I mean, what's the standard? What's the standard? If, this, if the standard is we're worried he's got other documents, then this is what we do, then what, where's the big, where's the, um, what's the, where's the FBI? I guess they're not worried about him. Yeah, do you know what's interesting as well? Because when he mentioned uh, Biden's homes, and we know about the one in Delaware where he's building a wall because walls work, uh, but they don't work on the border. Um, remember, where did he go a few weeks ago? When we saw him take that ridiculously bad golf swing, he was in the Virgin Islands. Ah. He's got a home down in the Virgin Islands. I wonder if they're gonna. I wonder if they're gonna make their way. They kind of remind me of the movie The Firm. Yes, you know, oh, with Tom Cruise. Yeah, where, where they went to an you know they're they're on another island. Uh, you know, and it's all for tax and lawyers and blah blah blah. I wonder if there's something going on. Maybe maybe he's got a trove of stuff. You know, there that shouldn't be there. I think we should probably uh, see about that. Yeah, I don't see. I, I mean, it's hard. To, it's hard to explain to someone why this. Why the standard is so much different, given um, how they acted when they knew. Now they knew President Trump had stuff, and they were negotiating, like he said, under the Presidential Records Act. And Biden had the stuff there for eight, nine years, and they're just going to take him at his word that that's all he's got. Yeah, but he doesn't even fall under that. I, I understand it's the that. federal records act yeah. which he says is way Brutal. harder yeah. yeah maybe so, they should be headed to martha's vineyard for someone else's house check there his old buddy what position does this put him in andrea weiberg has some thoughts about that today in the american thinker biden just put obama in a delightfully serious bind if i have time i'll get into that but we all know the double standard here and the president's right on the money in everything he said and to see the um we have time for the Byron Donalds clip, G. I think we do, right? Cut one. Roll it. Congressman, thanks so much for joining us. Let me get your reaction to the breaking news. Uh, uh, you know, you're, you're a member of Congress. You deal with classified information. What's your reaction to this? Oh, well, my reaction is pretty simple. I'm wondering why the vice president of the United States had classified documents outside of the hands of the intelligence community. Listen, it's been pretty clear that presidents do have some classified documents, but the difference between a president and everybody else is the president has the ability to declassify information. The vice president has no ability to declassify information. So number one, what was he doing with classified information in his possession? Number two, why did it take six years? And I, I wanna stress this for the American people. Joe Biden left the vice presidency in 2017. So it's taken six years for these documents to surface. That is incredibly concerning. And point number three, and this is the one that's most important. 
everybody can go back to the Hillary Clinton email saga. We know other presidents have had classified information. But why was there a raid on Mar-a-Lago? But now this story just kind of seeps out and everybody's saying, oh, we just want to get down to the bottom of it. And everybody's giving the benefit of the doubt. A vice president of the United States or a secretary of state or anybody else should not be having classified information, period. Well, they're, they have top secret security clearances. They can have classified information. Have to cover. The question is well, whether not what they he can said. take those documents with them as they're going to a private office. Oh, uh, that's is, that's, the a, that's the difference. That. Well, and not, and not to, I don't want to get this. This is not a back and forth with you. But to be perfectly honest, yes, they have a classified um, they have a classified clearance. But that doesn't mean they get to remove documents. Well, that's, you're not you're allowed right. to remove them. They're, they're not allowed to take classified information, especially highly classified documents that are sensitive compartmented Thank information, you, SEI documents, we got it. which is which is what uh, Trump did at Mar-a-Lago. So you're, you're ready to re react to that as well? What Trump did was illegal? Is that what you're saying? No, that's not what I'm saying at all, because the president nice and try. his team have gone get, back get and forth with the national Get this fool off not Donald's, but Wolf Blitzer. This is what I'm talking about, though, the, uh, the extra effort that they're going to today to try to carry water for Biden. Byron Donald's was right on the money. Yeah. Is that what you're trying to say? You're gonna. Uh, is that what you're? Is that what you're trying to say here, Byron? President Trump was illegal. Uh, no. Shut up. Thirty minutes past the hour, live from Studio Six B. We'll get back to President Trump on with John Solomon and Amanda tonight on Just the News, No Noise. Uh, he was excellent. Covered a couple different topics: China, Truth Social, uh, his role in Speaker McCarthy, and what he expects from uh, the Republicans now in the House. So we'll get to all of that. Let's do some sports, though. And here with that is Slick Rick, Rick Amirati. Sports brought to you by our friend Mike Lindell and My Pillow, MyPillow.com. Promo code LFS6B at checkout. Slick Rick, what's going on? All right, Big D. I was just telling Rick, I got so caught up in the natty last night with Georgia blowing out TCU. I forgot to report on Unleash the Beast, the Pro Bowl Riders. First event of the year, Madison Square Garden, just up the road, Big D. Jose Vitor LeMay, he may have spent the last two months away from the Premier Series Tour, but that doesn't mean he wasn't still training like a pro. In his first event of the 2023 Unleash the Beast campaign, the uh, two-time world champion summoned an impressive three for four. All weekend concluded with a 92-point championship round ride atop Cliffhanger to earn his first UTB event title of the year and rocket to the number 10 rank. Jose Vitor Lemay Lemay is always right up there every year, so a fantastic cowboy. And then after bucking off Tested's Viper in the first round, Apresito rode his first three uh, bulls of the weekend, including a 90-and-a-half-point uh, outing aboard Tulsa time in the short round to collect 109 UTB points and a second-place finish. Bob Mitchell's two for four showcase was good enough for a bronze placing, highlighted by the youngsters' 90-point ride paired against Tijuana Two-Step. Now, that's a tequila. As the PBR officially kicked off the celebration <laughs> of its 30th anniversary inside 30 years they've been going to Madison Square Garden, Big D. That is unbelievable. So, wanted to get that in there. We love our pro bull riders. Rodeo action, we had the one in Odessa, Texas. I'll, I'll cap that a little bit later on. But I want to get to uh, the Georgia Bulldogs cruise to second straight CFP championship. You know, I haven't seen 
Virginia since the game was final, Big D. But Heather Dinich of ESPN, the senior writer reporting, Inglewood, California, there was no epic comeback and no miraculous finish. <laughs> oh, Snoop Dogg in there. Uh, finished because <laughs> there was no chance. <laughs> Not when the number one Georgia Bulldogs asserted their sheer dominance from the onset and sucked the storybook, <laughs> ending right out from under number three TCU. I could hear Rodney talking about TCU's performance last night saying, that's right, it sucks. That's and, right, it sucks. There you go, Rodney, my man. <laughs> anyway, uh, in a game that featured two Heisman Trophy finalist quarterbacks, George's Stetson Bennett piled on to his legacy before an announced crowd of 72,628 paid patrons, Big D, at the game, leaving the Bulldogs back to uh, back national titles for the first time since Alabama. Nick Saban and company accomplished the feat following the 2011 and 2012 seasons, and they made it look easy with 13-25 left in the game, and Georgia sitting comfortably with a 52-7 lead. Uh, Coach Kirby Smart called a timeout, and uh, so the 25-year-old Bennett could walk off the field for the first time and soak in the moment. I think he lit his cigar as he got on the sideline right then and there, uh, but fantastic win for, for Stetson Bennett and his ball team fantastic defense just massive line up front on both sides of the ball big d I, I tell you i bet you they could take out half the nfl in a game head to head they looked that good last night they really did sharp team and uh, I, I knew something was cooking because when that spread went from 12 and a half, it was sitting there for like a week. It went to 13 and a half. You always say, Big D, the odds makers, they know. And I said, boy, they're pushing this up to two touchdowns. I think this is going to be a blowout. I mean, obviously, they're not going to make it a third. Yeah, we got a, now we got an investigation here. It's ridiculous. My gosh. Can't have any success without being scrutinized. Uh, I mean, yeah, no investigation on <laughs> I'm that. I'm starting to feel you like made... the uh, President Trump now. I mean, every time I, yeah, I get scrutinized for everything I do here. You made a good call. Yeah. You made a good call. <laughs> oh, and uh, just one more. A quick one. Uh, good story here. Penguins travel to Montreal to attend funeral for Chris Letang's father, Zach Wasink of Yardbark. And a touching moment. The Pittsburgh Penguins ended a six-game losing streak with a 4-1 to win Sunday. And that was touching for the Pittsburgh fans. The Arizona They beat the feet of the Arizona Car- uh, Coyotes, but didn't immediately return home following the victory. As the Athletics' Josh Yohei first reported, the Penguins flew overnight from Phoenix to Montreal to attend the funeral for the father of defenseman Chris Letang on Monday. Letang has been away from the Penguins since before the Winter Classic which was uh, beginning of the year, right on New Year's, and hasn't yet played in 2023. According to Yohei, uh, head coach Mike Sullivan, along with the veterans on the Pittsburgh roster, were among those who spearheaded the decision to travel to Montreal ahead of Tuesday's home game against the Vancouver Canucks. Imagine the entire team gets off a plane and goes to one of their players' wakes. But Chris Letang's a special player. He's been with that team. He's 35 years old. It's the only team he's played with. He's been playing with them since he's, I think, 23. So he's got a long career with them. And uh, I just thought that was a nice touching moment. They're actually going to wear a special D decal on their helmet, you know, this month commemorating uh, the father who had uh, had passed away. Claude Fouquet was his dad's name. So uh, rest in peace, Claude Fouquet and your son, Latang, great player. Islander killer. He beat them all the time, the Islanders. And that's a wrap in sports. Big D, back to you. All right, Slick Rick. Thanks. We'll do some more sports. Sports brought to you by Gwen, Mike Lindell, and MyPillow, our code LFS6B. If you want to use it, we appreciate it at checkout. Let's do some news and here with the news is Rick Delgado. What's going on, pal? All right. Well, this one coming from uh, Just the News, a former FDA commissioner. This is part of the Twitter files, actually. This story comes out as well. Who now sits on the Pfizer board, successfully throttled a tweet by his successor who claimed that natural immunity is superior to COVID vaccine-induced immunity by a lot and that there is no scientific justification to require proof of vaccination. The revelation came, like I said, via the Twitter files made available by new owner Elon Musk. Um, Scott Gottlieb is this gentleman's name, who joined Pfizer's board after leaving the FDA, reported on August 27, 2021. 
Scott Gottlieb, not only on a board, but a regular CNBC contributor. He's on almost once a week. Yeah. He, he might be disappearing for a while uh, because it's been reported that he uh, throttled this tweet by physician Brett uh, Geyer uh, to Todd Boyle, Twitter's White House liaison. Geyer served as the acting commissioner for about a month in late 2019. Natural immunity tweet is corrosive, he said, and will, will end up going viral and driving news coverage, Gottlieb told Boyle who forwarded the complaint to Twitter's team for VIP users and identified Gottlieb's FDA pass, but not his Pfizer present. Uh, Twitter applied a still-remaining misleading label, uh, despite determining that the tweet didn't violate misinformation rules, according to Berenson, who was also targeted by Gottlieb. The label prevents retweets, likes, and comments, but not quote tweets. Uh, Boyle, again, left out that Gottlieb was in a Pfizer role in forwarding the ultimately failed request to suppress the tweet lockdown and COVID vaccine skeptic Justin Hart. Berenson reported uh, about two months before the FDA authorized Pfizer's vaccine for children ages 5 to 11, Hart called COVID a viral pathogen with a child mortality rate of zero. So Gottlieb, of course, got on the horn and made sure that this was, uh, you know, this troubling tweet was also throttled. So some questions hopefully will start coming to Mr. Scott Gottlieb's way once these these investigations. Well, the get good underway. doctor has taken to Twitter already on this, and he has and he said in his and uh, this was I guess earlier today. In the past, I've raised concerns with Twitter related to the safety of me and others, and threats being made on the platform. This included direct as well as specific threats. Sometimes it included statements that I believed were purposely false and inflammatory. The selective disclosure of my private communications with Twitter stokes the threat environment. So does actions that empower people who've shown little restraint when it comes to purposeful vitriol. It instigates more menacing dialogue with potentially serious consequences. If the goal of the Twitter files is transparency, here's some of the private emails I had with Twitter related to threats and safety, which weren't released. And which, well, see, the point here with the good doctor is that (laughs) Uh, the point of what was released and what people are talking about is not not that anyone deserves to be threatened, by the way, not him or anyone else on Twitter or anyplace else. Right. But uh, why don't you address the idea of you trying to suppress information, Doc? That's what we're talking about. Yeah, we're talking about natural immunity. Talk about that. Correct. You know, if you've got some science that says it's not as good as a vaccine, well, then maybe you should present it instead of trying to have people taken off and have their tweets taken down and, and, you know, characterize them as misleading and pushing a false narrative. Maybe you should address that instead of trying to redirect. You see, you pointed out great how he tries to redirect it like, oh, yeah, but I'm being threatened. Nobody cares about that. Like like you said, it shouldn't happen. But we're talking about the information regarding a vaccine that in some people it's showing could be a life and death shot. But you don't want to address that. You want to to try and make it. Oh, this is about me. It's not about you. It's about the vaccine. What about that? Someone who's also also always trying to misdirect every time I see him do an interview, whether it's Joe Rogan or anyone else is uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Uh, cut 6G. Listen to this. Roll that. Oh, your own body. Your own body. If you want to get an abortion, get an abortion. If I want to get the vaccine, I get to choose. So you can't force. If, if I can't force you to get an abortion, you shouldn't be able to force because me to get Because it's the, not about you. 
It's about people you interact with, and that's the social contract of public we health. Don't, we don't even know if the vaccine worked or not at the time. Yes, that's what the trials are, dude. That's why these trials, what, are you missing data out but, there? But let me ask you a question. Are we saying only one type of scientists are right? No, we're saying that the system in place. The 16,000 okay. that signed that. No, no, no. The, the system in place to test vaccines, yeah. th th there's an entire system that's in place. What about this that, vaccine? That, with review boards and all of it. Yeah, the average. That's in place. Now you can say you can ch what you can say is, I I have a better idea than all these review boards and all these agencies and the CDC. I have a better idea. Here's what you should do, and that would have made everything better. Okay, you can put forth that idea. But what I'm saying is, in a case where you can contaminate someone else, it's not about you. It's about the collective you're assuming ah. you're assuming you're assuming because somebody can take the vaccine uh won't get covid which by the way i don't need to play the clips for you to see it where everybody said hey if you get it you're not going to get if you take the vaccine you're not going to get a rachel Maddow, joe biden i can give you fauci i can give you and you've seen these clips before it's not like you've never seen it before yeah, yeah. what happened they was, were wrong hold on so so um <laughs> they're wrong the strain evolved. Oh, uh, oh it's strain. Yeah. Oh. See what I mean? It's an evolvement. Yeah. By the way, I like the uh, Patrick uh, Bet David guy. Is that his name? Patrick Bell David? Yeah, he's good. Just a couple things I've seen of him I like a lot. Um, but but yeah, that, that's... It's a strain. It's the strain. Yeah. Which Our, is also going to prove that the, the strain doesn't matter either. Because, because the vaccine doesn't work on anything. Correct. Doesn't stop. You know, his whole premise right. of that whole argument was to be about the people around you. Right. Well, the people who are taking the shot are no better than people who didn't take the shot. Probably worse off. Right. And to the people around them. And didn't he hear the, the woman from Pfizer? They're working at the speed of science, whatever the speed that is. Um, and of course, they didn't know that it didn't, it didn't stop transmission. They knew. They just didn't want to tell you. Remember, they wanted to lock this stuff up for 75 years so no one would see it. Mm. It is amazing, right? Um, now, today I saw that the vaccine mandate was rescinded by the Pentagon. Mm -hmm. It was rescinded by uh, the Department of Defense before that for the military. Two good steps, way too late, but at least two good steps. This Biden thing leaks out on Monday. It is really amazing what has happened yeah. since the Republicans take control of the House, isn't it? Yeah. Hmm. It's almost like they're trying to get ahead of possibly... <laughs> Right? Yeah. Um, Which, again, I, I want to jump into my theory, but we don't have time. Investigations? Yes. I have a theory. You have a theory? Yes. It's, On? It, it's a tinfoil hat theory, oh. but I think you'll appreciate it. Having to do with, uh, with the, uh, the classified documents that Biden has. All right. Stay right there on the edge of your seat. <laughs> we'll get that when we get back from Rick Delgado. Plus, we'll get some more news, and we'll have more of the president. Live from Studio 6B on a Tuesday.
Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. It is a Tuesday night. Thank you for joining us. Uh, I, I, I keep seeing it in the chat as well there. And Slick Rick just pointed out that yeah. I went to Woke Target. Yes, I went to Woke Target. <laughs> I apologize. You know, it's the first time I've been to a Target in well over a year because, because of, of the bathroom policies. And, and the one time I run in there, somebody sees me. And, of course, you know what? If I didn't acknowledge it, it would end up on the chat. They said they saw me at Target. I'd be like, no, yep. I don't know what you're talking about. And then I'd be busted. So I'm not going to lie about it. I went. But it's because it was right next to the Home Depot, and we love the Home Depot. The Home Depot, the guy, he's awesome. All right. All Enough right. about that. Just like, you'll, you'll never see me in a Walmart. I can promise you that. You know, it's, not, it's just the same. Anyway. Well, especially not with those clothes on. No, no, All right. No, no. Let's do some sports with Slick Rick. What do you got? Well, I could have a future as a greeter one day in Walmart. You never know. Um, <laughs> hey, you take... You, you take it wherever you can get. Oh, yeah, you're right. Geo's robots right away. See, there you go. Uh, anyway, some sad news, though, and I want to thank uh, folks in the Getter Chat for uh, hipping me, tipping me to this, because, uh, or putting me hip to this, I should say. Air Force football player Hunter Brown, dead at the age of 21. Brown was from Louisiana. This is Ryan Gatos of Fox News. This is breaking just a little while ago now. Air Force football player Hunter Brown suffered a medical emergency on his way to class Monday and died, the Academy announced Tuesday. He was 21. Brown, a wow. sophomore center for the Falcons from Lake Charles, Louisiana, was on his way to class from his dorm room when he collapsed. Emergency personnel attempted life-saving measures but was unsuccessful, the school said. Hunter was a standout offensive lineman on the Falcon football team and was well-respected in his squadron. Lieutenant General Richard M. Clark, U.S. Air Force Academy Superintendent, said in a statement, the entire U.S. Air Force Academy mourns his loss and our hearts and condolences are with his family, his squadron, and all who were touched by this incredible young man. So, uh, yeah, just really, really a sad story. Brown was a part of the Falcons for the last two seasons. He was a management major and had a French minor. He was assigned to Cadet Squadron 16. Uh, Brown started at uh, Barbe High School in Louisiana before joining the Air Force and thank him for his service and yeah. he was on that great Air Force team. Uh, you know, they, they, I mean, to make that team is exceptional. Any of these, these, these football teams, top football teams, and yeah. uh, I don't see any cause of death uh, other than he collapsed, so I guess uh, we'll have to see if anything comes out on well, you that. you know what, and especially coming on the heels of the DeMar Hamlin thing, it's just, it's, you know, it, it it grabs your attention even more. It does. You know, it really does. We saw the, the basketball player yesterday. He collapsed during a game grabbing his chest. Now we have this. We have Hamlin. I, I, you know. Yeah, and I'm going to, that's a good segue to my next story, Rick. Buffalo Bills to pay DeMar Hamlin in full despite injury status. I got to report on this. I mean, I, I think this is a no-brainer, but this is Warner Todd uh, Houston of Breitbart. Uh, the Buffalo Bills announced that they will pay DeMar Hamlin's salary despite his injury status and honor him ahead of next Sunday's game. Hamlin was immediately placed on the injured reserve list after he collapsed from a cardiac arrest during the January 2nd broadcast of Monday Night Football, but the Bills have decided not to dock his pay for being on the injured list. Now, Listen to this. It is a little known fact that NFL teams have at their discretion the uh, right to, to cut a player's salary when they become injured unless the player has a specific clause in his contract preventing that. You know, a Tom Brady would have that in his contract right. or a Dak Prescott. Yeah. But, you know, a DeMar Hamlin, not so likely, you know. Um, and uh, despite the ability of teams to cut pay, they are obligated for medical bills. So Hamlin was never in any danger of having to foot the bills for his care. Imagine you had to pay your own medical bills and you play for the... Bills, a little something, loxing more on there, right? But indeed, according to the Cincinnati Enquirer, Hamlin's contract allows the Bills to cut his pay after being placed on IR. However, the team 
and the National Football League Players Association have agreed not to cut Hamlin's pay through the Week 18 regular season. I wonder if he'll get dibs on playoff pay. I hope he does. And I'm kind of rooting for the Bills. Of course, I'm a staunch Dallas Cowboy fan, but wouldn't mind to see the Bills make a little run in spite of what they went through with that winter storm. And, and they lost, I believe, 28 or 29 people, uh, residents of the area. And in addition to that, you know, uh, obviously what happened with DeMar Hamlin and uh, also their announcer, which we haven't gotten an update mm-hmm. on him, the radio announcer who had a stroke uh, two weeks, uh, just last week, earlier last week. So uh, I'm wishing good karma on that particular club. And uh, I have time for any more big day. I just got one more quick one. You got time, but just staying on the Hamlin thing, you know, that's a big discussion. Yeah. I know everybody looks at, and listen, a lot, obviously these guys make an enormous amount of money, more than most people can dream of. But still, having said that, one of the big discussions in the NFL is that the um, the players, if you don't play a certain number of years, you're not vested. There's, there's, a, there's a whole discussion to be had about um, – you know, big injuries in the NFL because a yep. lot of guys do sustain serious injuries, putting their bodies on the line to play this game. And the NFL owners are pretty stringent about um, what these guys, you know, what they have to do to get vested, what what the pay is. If they, you know, there's a whole long. I heard a former player breaking it down, and, and honestly, a couple times I, I was kind of stunned at what the numbers are. They're not nearly what you'd think they'd be. Nope. So there's a whole discussion to be had there, but it's good good for the good for Buffalo for at least doing that. And for every million, you got Uncle Sam taking a third, and then you got the agent well, taking. Well, guy like him doesn't X. even make a million. You no, know, no, I think his base salary this year was like eight hundred and something thousand. Which, Pop. trust me, most people, <laughs> I, I, I get it. But I mean, Tom Brady's making forty five million. Exactly. So you don't have to worry about how many years you're going to play if you're making forty five million. If you're making eight hundred grand, it's a good year. It can last you a little while. Right. But if you you know you, if something like this happens to this kid. He's got. There's nothing else. No. Yeah. There's there's, there's no new contract. There's you know no. after this because now now it's it's and he's not vested. So there's no there's literally yeah. nothing right. else. Yep. Well, he's got eight million dollars in his charity, which obviously that's for charity. But you know, obviously he could be a director of something and help move distribute that money. But even that, that's that's not a lot of money. And you know, the guy's going to give ninety nine percent of that to, to the charity. So, uh, but yeah, we wish him well. Hey, you know what? They haven't look. He's not out of the woods yet. He tweeted that earlier today. He says, "Keep praying for me." You know, he's everybody. You know, he's back in Buffalo and things are looking good. And everybody's like, okay, good. Let's move on to the next thing. He said, "No, pray for me. I'm still going through a lot of tests." So, uh, you know, we hope this young man gets better. I mean, him playing again, uh, they're not ruling it out. And, boy, I'd love to see that. Boy, that'd be an emotional moment. But, uh, but you know, if he doesn't play again, like you said, Big D, you know, it's going to be a situation financially for this young man. So, and just one more quick story. Madden video game removes CPR celebration after DeMar Hamlin uh, collapsed. This is Dylan Gwynn of Breitbart. The CPR touchdown celebration in the Madden video game is being discontinued in the wake of Bill's safety, DeMar Hamlin's collapse due to cardiac arrest last Monday night. Uh, in an exclusive report to TMZ Sports, a spokesman for EA Sports claims that the TD celebration will be removed from Madden 23 via an update. Hamlin was released from the hospital, and we know the rest of the story. But ironically, NFL players continued the CPR celebration this weekend. Yeah. The fact that Pittsburgh Steelers did it. It's where the that. guy lays down and, you know, he obviously he's doing, you know, simulating the uh, CPR move, you know, kind of like, oh, man, that was just, you know, it was a, a great play, a killer. But, but yeah, they, I think they better exercise better caution with that. I uh, think, and, and the NFL, they haven't ruled out the fact that that, that may be on the list of uh, excessive celebration or getting flagged, so we'll see. That was definitely in poor taste. I couldn't believe poor it. Poor taste, yeah. I mean, of all the things. And they, who knows? They might have just been caught up in the moment. But that's a wrap in Sports Big D. Thanks for the extra couple minutes. All right, Slick Rick, very good. Uh, let's do a quick news. We only did that one story in news. Let's do a quick one in news, and we'll do some news in hour two as well. What's going on? All right. Well, let's see. Uh, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy is going to block the appointments of 
Democratic reps Adam Schiff from California, Mm -hmm. Eric Swalwell of California to the House Mm -hmm. Intelligence Committee, and will seek to keep Democratic Minnesota rep Elon Omar, Elon Omar, off the Foreign Affairs Committee. (laughs) Both Swalwell and Schiff attracted considerable scrutiny during their time in the majority. Schiff served as chairman for the committee after Democrats took control of the chamber in 2018 and was a vocal proponent of the now-debunked uh, Trump Russia collusion hoax. He basically made stuff up. Uh, <laughs> is the best way to put that. Swalwell, meanwhile, maintained ties to alleged Chinese spy, with many alleging that the pair enjoyed a romantic relationship. In an interview with Punchbowl News, I've heard of them. They're awesome. Uh, McCarthy indicated that he would unilaterally block the California Democrats from taking up intelligence committee posts. Swalwell can't get a security clearance in the private sector. He says, I'm not going to give him a government security. Security clearance. Schiff has lied too many times to the American public. He should not be on intel, the House Speaker told the outlet. Omar, meanwhile, has long been an irritant to uh, to basically everybody, even her own family. McCarthy will need to hold a floor vote to keep her from joining a committee. A member of the far-left squad, Omar is not likely to survive a chamber-wide vote. So look for those three to have a much less influential role in the new House moving forward, which is, uh, you know, again... Elections have consequences. All right, quick first hour, hour two, coming up more from the president, more news, more clips. We'll do it all when we get back right after this. from Studio 6B on a Tuesday night. Glad you're in. 9 o'clock on the East Coast, hour two. Slick Rick sitting right there. He's going to do some sports. Rick Delgado sitting right next to me. He's going to do some news and give us his his theory. I have a theory. Yes, we're going to get that in hour two. But here's, we're going to do a little, <laughs> little audience activity right now. Here's what I want everybody in the audience to do. Everybody that can listen to my voice, I want you to... Get on your computer if you're in front of a computer. If you're on your phone, get on your phone. And I want you all to go right now to. I want you to go. <laughs> you do it, aren't you? So I want you. <laughs> I want you to go to. I want you to type in Biden, as in Joe Biden, but don't type to Joe. Just type in Biden.com, and I want you to go there and give me your for initial reaction in the chat, please. So go to Biden.com, and then I want you uh. to give me your rea- first reaction. In the chat, and I'll be uh, taking those in right now as we go through hour two. <laughs> Biden.com, check it out, and then uh, Let's give me your reaction. Give me your thoughts. <laughs> give me your thoughts. So My mind's going blank now. All right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let's see. That's my first reaction. Let's see as they start to roll on in there. So uh, what you all think of that one? Uh, let's see. Um, <laughs> Somebody's like, not doing it. F that. <laughs> okay. Well, you're, you're, you're loss. That's right. At least for a good five, six seconds of, <laughs> here they come. <laughs> here they come. B-I-D, not B-Y. 
B I D E N, just the way yeah. he spells it. Biden.com. Go there and see. How- <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that's good for a good for a little chuckle there. Is that Teal GMC we're laughing at? <laughs> <laughs> Free yeah, there we go. There we go. <laughs> there we go. There you go. Now you're with me. There you now. See now the audience activity is <laughs> <Yeah>. going. <laughs> oh yeah. Some people, uh, <laughs> some people are like offended. They're like, "Screw that! I'm not doing it." It's like, well, that's fine. You don't have to. You're not. You're not supporting. I'm anybody. boycotting. You'll it. see. Yeah, boycott. I'm not. I'm not sending you anywhere dangerous. I'm yeah, not every asking click you. to Biden.com sends five hundred dollars right to Joe Biden's account. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, all right, let's get back to President Trump. Um, let's skip cut nine. We'll go back to um, him on China because I want to talk. Let's go to cut ten, G. So John asked him. I think I have John in the clip here about um, what he expect from what what he thought going through the McCarthy speaker race, uh, his role in it, and what he sees for the House of Representatives. Cut ten, roll that. Let me pivot to something that you're getting a lot of credit for. Kevin McCarthy, uh, Scott Perry, so many members of Congress saying you played a very important role last week in getting Republicans unified to get not only Kevin McCarthy to be the speaker, but to get rules that change the way the swamp in Washington operates. Can you tell us in your own words what you think you did and what happened in the last week to the Republican Party? Well, I've, I've gotten along with Kevin over the years, and, and I think that he really saw a lot, and I think he's learned a lot over the last year. And he, I think he sees the kind of corrupt stuff. He watches uh, Unselect Committee, the January 6th. Yes. I call it the Unselect Committee. I never got credit for that name, but that's okay. <laughs> but it is an Unselect Committee. Credit. It's a bunch of hacks and, and horrible people on that. And it's a one-sided deal. And it's, you know, very unfair. And he, I think he watched that, and I think he really was repulsed by it very much. You know, he decided and and i understood what he was doing but it really wasn't it, it really didn't quite work out he didn't want to put anybody on because he thought it was so disgraceful where they wouldn't take jim banks and jim jordan right he said that we won't put anybody i fully understood that but nobody knew that this thing was going to last forever and forever all of the 12 people whatever it was they were all anti-trumpers and you know just screaming about trump all day long uh, but you know it was uh i think he learned i think he saw that on a think he thought it was really horrible and really unfair to the country and to the Republican Party. Uh, what, what happened is there was really nobody else that was going to get the left within the Republican Party and the right within the Republican Party. You know, that's not a very big hole to go through. That's right. And so what's happened, what happened is I was very, I was friendly with both sides. Many of these people, most of them I endorsed. I liked them. They liked me. And when it came down to crunch time, you know, you had 20 people that were pretty hard line and they happened to be very good friends of mine, almost all of them. I would say all of them. And uh, I would make them calls. I mean, because I, I didn't like what was happening, John. It it was starting to look a little bit chaotic. It was starting to look a little bit not good. Right. And what happened is I started calling them and I started getting people to agree with me and coming on board. And as you know, Matt Gates is a very good guy and he's, you know, he's a strong guy. And I called him in the end. I mean, it was just about over where they were going to leave. And I think that if they left, think of it, if they left and you had two and a half, three days in between, I don't know that anything would have ever, you might've ended up with a Democrat, to be honest with you. I don't know that this thing ever would have gotten done. Your moderates would have left other people. It would have been a, a disaster. And that's when Matt ran up to the front of the room and he said, I'm changing my vote. I'm changing my vote. And he's a great guy. And and 
they're all really great. I, I think, you know, they're very committed. And don't forget, you know, they signed a document. This document is a very strong document. It is. The Speaker of the House is now, I think, going to be actually, in a certain way, in a stronger position for those of us that love our country. I think Kevin's going to do a good job. But I really believe that that three days, it looked messy. But in the end, it's sort of funny how it turns out. Sometimes, you know, the best things happen through the through the war. And in the end, I think we're going to end up with a more unified party. Now we have some great heads of committees. We have some great people on the committees. And these are people that you know very well, John, and you deal with. These people don't mess around. No, these are tough people. They're serious players. And their voice wasn't heard for a long time. You know, the big problem the Republican Party has is Mitch McConnell. How he approved that $1.7 trillion is shocking. Because if he would have waited 10 days, the House yes. would have either killed it or made it much better. How he went and just approved that, he's a real problem for the party because he does anything the Democrats want. And he's got his 10 or 12 people that you have to get, and they just follow his lead because he gives them a lot of campaign contributions. You know, he's, his leadership ability is only in that he raises money and then he gives them a lot of money to campaign. But it's, uh, Mitch McConnell's a real problem for our country frankly, and for the Republican Party. And his wife, as you know, is wedded to China. I call her Coco Chow. Uh, she's <laughs> wedded to China. And it's such a conflict. And this you guy know, is, is the head of the Senate is, is just no. a, a, oh, an embarrassment beautiful. to Republicans. It shouldn't be. And it's been like that for a long time. And he keeps his power because of the kind of, he spends time raising money. And then he hands out 20 million, 15 million, 10 million. And then he actually spends $12 million to beat a good candidate in Alaska so that he can get his, his voter in there. You know, yeah. and Murkowski is one of the worst senators we have. <laughs> I'll tell you, John Solomon gets the best out of President Trump. There's yes. a lot of interviews I hear President Trump where it's not as – I mean, this is so focused and so right on the money. He is so accurate in all of that, what he talked about there. And, yeah. and, the only, and I know what he means with McConnell. I can't believe McConnell. It's actually very believable because he's done it forever. Yeah. And you know what? I have a theory on that too. All I have right. two theories. Okay, so let's let's do this one because this is this is fresh. The by president the way, was the, just talking about the it. The people are enjoying our little activity tonight to start hour two. I'm glad you enjoyed <laughs> that. That's that's brought to you. That by the way, let me give credit. That was brought to you specifically by G Money, who's discovered that today and told me about it. Yes. So, um, okay, let's get yeah. to. Um, we'll get more of the president, but let's get to your 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 theory. My theory on the president only because. Drum roll, please. And this was something I was going to talk about yesterday. Look, I wrote it down. I wrote this all down yesterday because it was something I wanted to talk about. I'm a freaking nut. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, you did write it down. <laughs> As if on cue. Okay. Hey, I heard he's getting a new shirt. <laughs> and, and, and the funny thing yeah, is, yes, I know is. The, the shirt looks hilarious. My favorite shirt. It's going to be my favorite shirt we've ever done. Oh, yeah. Um, ever done. It's perfect. All right, so so my my theory, my, my Trump theory, it'll be released tonight. It comes with we're a free, selling it at Target. It comes, uh, with, a free, uh, it comes uh, with a free UFO frisbee. Come on, it's got a UFO frisbee with it. Yeah. All right, so so my Trump theory on the speaker thing. Okay. All right. All right. Here here's what I think. I think it was it was a game of good Trump, bad Trump. All right. This is what I called it. Okay. Is I believe that President Trump was pulling the strings on all this the entire time. Everything you saw go down was because he was working it. Like he said, you know, I love Matt Gates. He's a great guy, tough guy, blah, blah, blah. I bet you they coordinated. 
Because what did he want? He wanted, he, they needed to control McCarthy. If they couldn't get him out, they needed to control him, right? They needed to get what they wanted. They wanted conservatives to have, to, to have power. They wanted Trump to make sure his people had power. His people said, you know what? 20 of them said, nope, you're not getting our vote, right? And then all of a sudden, and what did, what did, but what did Trump do? He supported McCarthy. What did he do by doing that? He inoculated himself from being attacked by the media. Because what the media would have done, kind of like way back when he said, I'm going to grant you $1.8 million for DACA, you know, we'll, we'll get those people to be citizens, is he inoculated himself from that, from that problem. Same thing he did with the media here. Because they, were, they, they took aim at Matt Gates and at that group of 20 and said they're trying to destroy the country, they're trying to do this, they're trying to do that. If Trump was involved with them and they knew it and he was supporting them, that would be the story. It was Trump was trying to destroy the House of Representatives. He's trying to destroy the country, right? He takes himself out of that. Oh, I'm supporting McCarthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kevin, I got your back. Don't worry about it. But meanwhile, he's still got his players over here running cover, you know, running block, I should say, and, and deciding, you know what? Here's how we're going to do it. You guys hold firm. I'll stay out of the way. I'll keep saying, yeah, 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 I'm, 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 I'm siding with McCarthy. Now, McCarthy thinks, I got Trump's endorsement. These guys are going to follow. Uh-uh. He already worked that out beforehand. You see what I'm saying? See where I'm going with this? This, this was a play. He was, he, was, he, was, he was playing the strings on Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy thought, if I got Trump's endorsement, everybody's going to vote for me. I'm good, which is why he didn't try to, st- try to whip him up, because he thought, hey, I already got, I got Trump. Meanwhile... He had Trump, but did he really have Trump? Trump had him. And he had these guys as the bad guy. These guys were the face. Notice the media focused on them. Anytime they mentioned Trump, well, Trump supports McCarthy. So they're fine with it. You see what I'm saying? I think it was, I think it was a well-coordinated attack. I think it was brilliant. And I think, uh, I think it worked out best because you saw what, and then what did he say he did? He started making phone calls. Hey, what do you guys need? Make sure he gets that. Make sure they get that. Let's make sure these people come off these, uh, yeah, yeah, do a little, they do the little eh, 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 off the nose, right? That's what I'm saying. I, I, just think, I just think he was pulling the strings on this whole speakership. Kevin McCarthy fell for it because he thought he had his endorsement, so he thought he had everybody, but he didn't have everybody, and Trump made sure of it. Meanwhile, and you notice, he never bashed the people who were blocking McCarthy, right? He stayed out of the media. He didn't want, not to focus on me, you focus on them. They're the ones that are, that are doing everything. They think I'm, I'm, you know, they think I'm pulling for the establishment guy. Again, he won this. He won it big time, I think. And that's my theory. (laughs) Can't wait for that new shirt. You know what? That is not crazy. Give me a little of that Biden. I don't know. You don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's how I feel right now. (laughs) I don't know. I don't don't know. know. I don't know. I don't know. know. (laughs) Telling you. I'm I'm right. Come on, baby. Right on Tuesday night. Really good voice. Fix Rick Diamartini. <laughs> <laughs> Screwdriver. <laughs> the chat's had me almost, I almost busted out about four times during that whole thing looking at the chat. What? Ah, oh, these people get me every time. I'm trying to keep my decorum here and be nice, and I'm looking over to the chat. <laughs> me too. Oh.
I don't know how John Solomon keeps it together when the president in the middle of his speech says to him, you know I call her Coco Chow, right? <laughs> if, he, if he did that with me, I'd be done. I, I don't know how I would keep going because that's just the funniest thing. He is so hysterical at sometimes. You know I do call her Coco Chow, right? Ugh. And John just keeps it together. I don't think I could do it. I don't think I could do it. I sound like the blues. Uh, the Biden administration's New Year's goals of tax and spend and turn a blind eye to inflation at odds with your goals of securing your savings? Well, I'll bet they are. When you finally had enough of the games government is playing with your savings and retirement, diversify into gold with Birch Gold. I'm tired of my money being impacted by stupid decisions by leaders in Washington. For over 5,000 years, gold has withstood inflation, geopolitical turmoil, and stock market crashes. And, of course, the best part of all of it is you can still get your hands on gold. In fact, you can own gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert an IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. Here's what you need to do. Text the word AMERICA, send it to 989898 to claim your free information kit on gold. With almost 20 years experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metal IRAs, Birch Gold can help you. Protect yourself with gold today by texting the word AMERICA. Send it to 989898. They have an A-plus rating with their Better Business Bureau, thousands of satisfied customers, and countless five-star reviews. Secure your future with gold. Start today with a free information kit. No obligation from our friends at Birch Gold. There's zero obligation. Just text America to 989898. Do it today. All right, live from Studio 6B, 19 past the hour. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I'd be lost. I think I'd be lost. Um, because that's just classic comedic timing there to throw that in like that. You know I call her Coco Chow, right? <laughs> he just, and he just, just rolls it out with there. it. Just, yeah, rolls, just rolls with it. it. Like just Don, rolls almost it. like Don Rickles. It's almost like you expect. You, you know this, right? Anyways. Beautiful. He Coco just Chow. moves on. Oh, so good. <laughs> All right, let's do some sports. 19 past the hour, and here with that is Slick Rick, Rick Emirati. Sports is brought to you by our friend Mike Lindell. Use our code LFS6B over at MyPillow.com slash LFS6B for all the best deals. Slick Rick, what's going on? All right, let's get some live in-game scores right now. Iowa State leads Texas Tech 48-38, 15 to go in the second half. Kansas and Oklahoma just underway. Kansas, number two to Jayhawks. Uh, Tennessee and Vanderbilt also just underway, 10-7 to there. Finals from earlier tonight, Kansas. Uh, Kansas State over Oklahoma State, 65-77. Michigan State, 69. Wisconsin, 65. Uh, South Carolina, 71. Kentucky, 68. And Florida, 67-56 over LSU. Those are all finals. And a little NHL action tonight. The uh, Devils over the Hurricanes, 4-3. 11 to go in the third. Kraken over the Sabres, 4-2. 9 to go in the third. The Wild leaving the Rangers, 3-2. 10-57 to go. Blue Jackets trail the Lightning 4-2. to two. That's also with about eight minutes to go in the third period. And uh, NBA action, 76 is 143. Pistons, 113. That's about three minutes to go in that game there. And uh, just on the way, Jazz and Cavaliers. Jazz up 11-7. Raptors, 101-99 over the Hornets. 10 to go in the fourth. And last but not least, the Thunder lead the Heat, 88-85. Uh, just about the end of the third quarter there over on TNT. And uh, let's get a couple of quick stories here. Listen to this one, Big D. Cleveland Browns fire Bernie Kosar from radio show after $19,000 bet. 
Warner, Todd Houston of Breitbart, legendary Cleveland broadcaster Bernie Kosar was fired on Sunday after the Browns found out he placed a $19,000 bet on the team. Kosar placed his bet last week with the Tipico Sports app as Ohio's new legalizing sports gambling took effect this month, according to TMZ. The radio broadcaster who played with the Browns from 1985 to 1993, he also played with the Cowboys for a little bit right after that, made no effort to hide his bet and even told fans that if he won, he'd donate the win to charity. Since the Browns did not win the game, Kosar lost his 19000 but also turned out he lost his radio job once the team found out he was betting on games. Earlier this week, we uh, notified Bernie that per league policy, we were required to move him from our pregame radio coverage for the season finale after he violated the NFL gambling policy by placing a bet on an NFL game the team said on Sunday. We understand that Bernie means uh, what Bernie means to this community and our history, but as team as the team contacted personnel hired to provide uh, content on our media platforms. His bet was a violation of NFL rules, and we must adhere to all NFL policy. Clearly, Kozar didn't know what he was doing anything wrong, and he jumped to his Twitter account to say, I am shocked and disappointed. Brown and orange in my life. Go hashtag Browns, but apparently Bernie has had a brownout because he's out of the, out of his radio <laughs> job there. And I tell you, Big D, that's tough sledding for Kozo. I'm sure he meant nothing by it, and they were promoting legalized gambling. And besides, can you tell me how a radio announcer is going to affect that game in any which way? But I know when you're part of NFL <clears throat> personnel, you have to... Well, if the they policies. have a rule that says you can't bet on the teams that you work for, you yeah. can't bet on the teams you work for. I don't know why. We well, because he they, they I mean, might they might be interviewing players. They might know of an injury. They might yeah. know you know certain things coming down the pike that the rest of the uh, betting public won't have uh, as information. What so Bernie that. should do if he's been watching the news lately, what he should be doing is saying, um, "I'm cooperating." Exactly. Oh, okay. Cooperating because nowadays, if you say you're cooperating, it's just built right into whatever the rule or the law is. It makes it so that it doesn't really matter because I'm cooperating right away. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, One more big D. California Legislative Women's Caucus calls for removal of Dana White as UFC president. This is uh, Brett Akamato of ESPN. The California Legislative Women's Caucus on Monday called for the removal of Dana White as UFC president in a public letter addressed to the head of the promotion's parent company. The letter sent to Endeavor CEO Ari Emanuel came after video surfaced last week of White slapping his wife, Anne, at a nightclub in Mexico on New Year's Eve. We covered that last week on the show. Uh, The political woman's advocacy group, which, uh, according to its website, consists of 18 state senators and 33 assemblywomen, posted a copy of the letter online. The letter asks Emanuel for the immediate removal of Mr. White as president of the UFC. The head of a major sporting organization cannot claim to be for the safety of women while a video of him striking his wife continues to circulate online without a response from you. The letter reads, This hypocrisy is astounding. Enough is enough. In the video, White 53 can be seen saying something to Anne, at which point she slaps him in the face. White then slaps her back, uh, and the two are quickly separated. And Dava and ESPN UFC's broadcast partner have declined to comment on the matter. The bipartisan group's letter described as Endeavor's silence on the matter is piercing and troubling. TBS, which uh, was scheduled to broadcast the debut of Dana White's Power Slap League on January 11th, Postpaying the debut to January 18th. So I guess they're trying to get their sorts together for another week, big day. But uh, yeah, Dana White in some hot water. And we said most likely he was going to have some problems. I mean, yeah, I mean but that guy was be? the UFC. Yeah. Jeez. Right. How can he not be? Yeah. Can't so. do that. That's a wrap, big day. All right, Slick. So-
Uh, very good. We'll do some more sports before we wrap the show. Let's do a little more news before we hit the break. Then we'll do some news when we get back. Rick Delgado, what's going on? All right. Well, the reporter's threatening legal action against uh, Adam Schiff after the Twitter files have exposed a bombshell. Journalist Paul Sperry discussing with another network that the Twitter files uh, that have been uh, put out gives gives his take on the classified documents being kept at a private office of Joe of uh, President Biden's think tank. Elon Musk and journalist Matt Taibbi's Twitter files entry last week revealed that Schiff lobbied Twitter to suspend journalist Paul Sperry from social media back in 2020, November of 2020. Sperry, a senior reporter for Real Clear Investigations in New York Post, told uh, the other network that he was targeted by Schiff because of the reporting on the Democrat sources in President Trump's first impeachment trial. So Schiff didn't like the fact that I outed his anonymous whistleblower as a partisan Democrat. He's a holdover from the Obama White House working in the Trump White House. And Schiff also didn't like the fact that I exposed the whistleblower's prior relationship with the key member of Schiff's impeachment staff, Sperry said. So I was kind of a thorn in Schiff's side and he was angry. The journalist called it outrageous that the powerful Democrat would try to silence the press. My stories went viral on Twitter and he tried to silence me and remove content, which is outrageous censorship by a powerful government official. He was the head of the House Intelligence Committee at the time and he was sworn to protect the First Amendment and free speech. So Sperry is looking into uh, exploring legal options, including defamation. And he should go for it because because, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's part of the Constitution, something that uh, Adam Schiff was supposed to take an oath to. And, of course, he should do it because Schiff's a reprehensible jackass. So there's that, too. All right, 26 past the hour, live from Studio 6B. More from President Trump when we get back right after this. From Studio 6B on a Tuesday night. Glad you're in. Slick Rick's going to do some sports. Delgado will do some more news. And my theory. And you, oh, you have a, well, you just did your theory. No, that was the that was the theory from yesterday that I never got to. I have the today theory. Oh, another theory on the Biden documents. Yes. Oh, oh, very good. Okay, can't wait for that. Another theory coming up from Delgado. I bow to his brilliance, of course, because I am the master. We'll get to that. Uh, gee, why is there no Crazy Town today? Because Biden's thing was late today that he did. Okay, he didn't didn't end till quarter after seven. So and he knew I had theories. Um, yes, and he knew you, we needed <laughs> half an hour to get to each one of your theories. So we'll get to that. Uh, I do want to get to this because I wanted to get to it the other day, um, and I did not. And the president in the clip that we played was talking about the Salem witch trial, fake January sixth bogus committee, and Victoria Taft has a piece in PJ Media, <clears throat> and I've done a couple couple videos on this on our Facebook and our YouTube and Rumble that have gotten tremendous views. Thank everybody for watching those. I got a great one dropping tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. on our Facebook. Um, more proof that Nancy Pelosi was more responsible for the J6 riot than Trump. And if you've been watching my videos, as, as I've been talking about, the more and more information that's come out, looking at John Solomon's interview with the chief, former chief of police of the Capitol Police, looking at the report that Jim Jordan and the four other Republicans put out about how politicized her office was, what she knew, when did she know it, 
the uh, intel that Stephen's son says was floating around there that never made it to him, that she knew about, kept him in the dark. Um, there's no doubt to me that she, she knew exactly what the possibilities were for that day, and she knew exactly how bad it was going to make him look. And she did everything she could in her, in her ability to politicize it, keep him in the dark, and make sure that it was going to be as bad as possible. When clearly they could have done more to probably prevent any violence that day. In number one, giving the officers uh, the equipment they needed to deal with the crowd they knew was coming. And many other things. So Victoria Taft has a piece. And this is, um, I actually didn't even realize this till I read her, read her piece. A little noticed bill. And clearly it was because I didn't even see it. A little noticed bill passed before Christmas shows that the U.S. Senate knows Nancy Pelosi had more to do with the U.S. Capitol breach on January 6, 2021 than anything President Trump did that day. Indeed, Nancy Pelosi could be crowned queen of the mob since her actions led to the crashing of the perimeter fences, general dysfunction, and deaths of Trump supporters that day. Even after the one-sided January 6th committee left Pelosi's role on the cutting room floor, there's one inescapable conclusion. If she had done her job, there would have been no riot, no deaths of Trump supporters, no show trials, no political prisoners sitting in solitary confinement in a D.C. gulag for two years awaiting trial, and there would have been no need for federal agents to orchestrate a riot. Pelosi was more responsible for the marauding mob at the Capitol that day than anything President Trump did to quote-unquote incite his huge crowd of supporters, which he provably did not. And here's how we know this. On Monday night, December 12th, senators unanimously passed a measure to remove authority for calling out the National Guard from politicians like Nancy Pelosi and gave it over to the Capitol Police. This is a huge deal. Number one, if you watch the entire interview of Stephen Sund with John and Amanda, he talks about this. These kind of decisions have to be made by people who are on the ground, who have the experience in this kind of situation. It cannot be politicized. As soon as it's politicized, it's a recipe for disaster. Despite heightened threat assessments by federal authorities showing problems ahead of January 6th and the Trump administration offering National Guard help, the people who were supposed to call out the Guard, which was the Speaker and the D.C. Mayor, Muriel Bowser, wanted no Guard on the scene due to optics. Bowser had battled with Trump over National Guard presence during the BLM Antifa riots in the past and didn't want the militarized look in D.C. If she needed them at all for January 6th, she decided the guard would be unarmed and regulated to traffic control. Pelosi's office was, quote, heavily involved in planning and decision-making before and during the events of January 6th, 2021, and micromanaged the sergeant-at-arms, according to texts and other communications that came to light after January 6th. The Pelosi's team's messages and posts were exposed in an investigative report by the same House Republicans Pelosi removed from the January 6th committee 
The messages show how Capitol Police Chief Stephen Sun begged Pelosi and the sergeant at arms to plus up security. His request for help was only satisfied after the riot fizzled out. His exact words were, I think he waited eight hours. The New York Post reported that the GOP investigation showed that, quote, House Sergeant at Arms Paul Irving, who answered to Pelosi as one of three voting members of the Capitol Police uh, Board, succumbed to political pressures from the office of Speaker Pelosi and House Democrat leadership, was compromised by politics, and did not accurately, uh, adequately prepare for violence at the Capitol. Chief Stephen Sun resigned the job after the disaster, which could have been prevented. But in a move the same week, the Democratic-run Senate tactfully affirmed that Nancy Pelosi royally screwed up by failing to take Trump up on his offer of using the guard and preventing what the January 6th said was worse than the Civil War or the 9-11 attacks. How incredibly insulting. Uh, And it goes on a little more in this article, but you get the idea. And this is why some of us have argued, and some more argue now, that the Republicans, I know they're going to do this church-style committee on the whole weaponization of all the alphabet gangs, and that's great. But they should seriously think about keeping some style of January 6th um, committee open as well, and their first subpoena should be to her. And if she doesn't show up, then she gets the Bannon treatment, because that's the new standard now. And then McConnell should be the second one. And then he should get the same treatment too. And then Stephen's son should be the third and he'll happily go. Got a book out now about it. And why don't we, so why don't we get to the bottom of this? Why don't we get some real investigations with some real questions from some people who actually have an interest in getting to the truth and don't start the whole damn thing with already having the answer and working their way backwards like these buffoons did. That'd be nice. And as Victoria Taft says in this, there's almost no doubt that she's more responsible for this whole day than than he ever was, ever was. Not even close. So. Yeah, well, she was in charge. She was the, you know, she was the decider. uh, Because the sergeant of arms has to go to her for approval for anything. So the fact, that fact alone, kind of, kind of proves it all. We've seen the paperwork. We've seen the letters from the, the D.C. mayor saying we don't want any help. Please don't, please don't respond to any, any uh, calls for additional help. We don't need it. We're good. This was all set up. It was set up from the beginning. Yep. And uh, Revolver's Darren Beatty, actually, he recently joined Glenn Beck discussing January 6th. And he wrote, uh, according to this tweet here put out by Glenn Beck, it's not just Ray Epps who the government has ignored – at Darren, B- at Darren J. Beatty tells me he pulled out all the stops to identify the January 6th rioter, the scaffold commander. I don't know if you've ever seen photos or, or video of this guy standing on the scaffold kind of with, with, a, uh, mm-hmm. with a megaphone kind of calling out orders. Uh, but nothing has been found. If his identity, this is coming from uh, Darren Beatty, he says, if his identity is actually uncovered, it's going to be one of the biggest scandals in the country. So I wonder if they may have a line on this guy on who it is. And it, it could, be, could be exposed soon. I'm not sure. But also another story related to January 6th. 
Judicial Watch, who is always doing great stuff, announced uh, yesterday it received 31 pages of documents from the Department of Air Force Joint Base Andrews that show the U.S. Capitol Police Lieutenant Michael Byrd. Remember him? He was the one who shot Ashley Babbitt. Yep. He was housed at taxpayer expense at Joint Base Andrews after he shot and killed uh, U.S. Air Force veteran Ashley Babbitt inside the Capitol on January 6th. Records obtained uh, in response to a tw- uh, 2022 Freedom of Information re- lawsuit um, show that in the complaint, Judicial Wash explained to the court that it had asked all three government agencies for records relating to the billeting of Byrd at Joint Base Andrews. The documents show that Lieutenant Byrd and a pet... He had his pet with him, stayed at the Distinguished Visitor Suite at the Presidential Inn, part of the Air Force Inn, under Capitol Police Presidential Inn Reservation for the period July 8th through January. This is July 8th, 2021 to January 28th of 2022. So for more than six months, this guy was holed up on an Air Force base. You couldn't get to him. Judicial Watch also informed by representative of Joint Base Andrews that the Distinguished Visitor Suite is typically reserved for officers at the rank of 07 and higher. That means Brigadier General or higher. Um, So it's kind of interesting that this this guy, this this officer, this U.S. Capitol Police officer was whisked away to uh, to a military base and basically, you know, Given, uh, given free reign. Here you go. Stay here for as long as you like. He was there for six months with a pet. And uh, the email appears to confirm that they were the Capitol Police were covering the costs of Bird's stay at the Presidential Inn when a Capitol Police accounting officer tried to clarify the hotel bill. And that's what started this whole thing rolling. And, of course, Judicial Watch... Uh, receive these uh, records after months of fighting for them. So again, another another feather in the cap for the guys over at Judicial Watch. Great stuff because you know it, now it begs the question: Why was he Why was he sequestered there? Why were they hiding him? Why wasn't he allowed to leave? Was he allowed to leave, or was did he request? You know, can you guys uh, put me somewhere? I don't want to be talked to. I don't want to be interviewed. Because also, he never filled out any paperwork in terms of the shooting, which is something that's required of police. Anytime you you discharge a weapon, you have to. There's hours of paperwork that has to go into it, describing what happened. There was also people on the ground that said he never yelled or made any announcement uh, to Ashley Babbitt before he shot her. So normally, police have to say, "Hey, you know, stop, police," you know, stuff like that. No calls to uh to Ashley Babbitt to stop what she was doing. So interesting story. But again, all all wrapped up and we'll see what happens. We'll see if this also comes out if they decide to do a January 6th style uh commission or keep this one going and uh try to get to the bottom of this. Let's see what happened with uh Lieutenant Bird and why he was hiding for for almost 6 months on an Air Force base. Do you want to get to your uh, theory here in yes. the next 40 seconds? Go ahead. No. It takes longer than that. Takes longer than that. Yes. Okay. It has to do with Biden. Okay. Breaking news. Twitter files author Alex Bernson. We were just talking about him with Dr. Scott Gottlieb a couple um, yeah. segments ago to file a lawsuit against Pfizer and the Biden administration. And as Chuck Colesto says, get your, uh, get your popcorn. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see. All right. Sports and Rick's theory coming up. If we can squeeze in one more from the president, we will.
All right, 13 to the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Tuesday night. Let's do some sports. And here with sports is Slick Rick, Rick Amorati. What's going on, pal? Well, Big D, Stephanie McMahon has resigned as the CEO of WWE with Dad coming back into the picture. So that was a breaking news a little bit, uh, maybe a couple hours ago. So it's not breaking news, but it happened uh, before we came on the set tonight. So a little bit of moving around with the WWE, but it sounds like they're getting ready for a sale. But wanted to bring everybody up to date with that. Men's college hoops, one more sweep here. Iowa State, the great state of Iowa, ranked number 14 all over the Red Raiders beating Texas Tech 78-45, three and a half to go in the, the game. Tennessee up 35-32 over Vanderbilt with two minutes to go in the first half. Uh, North Carolina leading Virginia 24-17, three to go in the first there. Kansas over Oklahoma 31-30, about a minute and a half to go in the first half. And uh, Michigan State defeated Wisconsin 69-55 earlier tonight. NHL, Rick, the Rangers came back in the garden and tied it up at three with the Wild. Two and a quarter to go, they're in over time. And uh, Kraken defeated the Sabres 4-3. Devils 5-3 over the Hurricanes. And Penguins took care of business. We got a nice story on the uh, Penguins earlier tonight uh, over the Canucks. 5-4. So they got the, they got rewarded for doing something well. And uh, let's one quick story, Big D. Let me just shoot over to that. Um, we reported the story over the summer, but ex-Super Bowl champ Charles Johnson died by suicide. Medical examiner says, this is from TMZ Sports earlier this evening. Former NFL wide receiver Charles Johnson, who won a Super Bowl with Tom Brady and the New England Patriots in the 2001 season, died by suicide in July. A report released by the uh, North Carolina State Medical Examiner's Office revealed in the ME documents obtained by USA Today. Officials said Johnson passed away, appearing to have overdosed on drugs. He was just 50 years old. Johnson was initially found dead on July 17th inside a hotel room in Raleigh. One day after his wife had reported him missing, a cause of death had remained a mystery. Uh, officials said in the docs, according to they say that Johnson had oxycodone, hydrocodone, and mirtazapine in his system at the time of his death, despite having no active uh, prescriptions. Um, really a sad story. He was actually currently employed uh, with the school, um, I believe down in yeah, North Carolina High School, uh, Husky Nation. Um, so they had posted on Twitter that, uh, you know, Coach, you will be missed by so many. You're a Husky Nation. This is the Heritage Huskies down in North Carolina. So sad news for that young man. And Big D, I'm going to throw it back to you. You wrap in sports. All right, Slick Rick, thanks. You know, we're over 10, almost at 11,000. Those shoes should be up there. People <laughs> yeah. are asking where they are. I don't know why you're hiding coming them. On, they're coming on. Or we're well, <laughs> well over 10 already. So. Sound like the baby blues tonight. <laughs> we, we had that before, but, uh, you know, hey, I only can have come up with so much. I have these in a beautiful Kelly Green, but I'm saving those for St. Patrick's Day with a green. Okay, suit, very good. Uh, let's get to a couple of the... <laughs> you have a pot of gold and a, and a big green hat on, too. <laughs> why not? <laughs> Let's, Lucky charms. There you go. Let's get to uh, – do you want to see mine? No. Uh, let's get to uh, a couple more things from the president. Uh, I like cut 11 on shrinking government over the next uh, – well, at least the House will attempt to. Cut 11, G. Roll that. You have fought the Reagan – you've modernized the Reagan fiscal discipline thing. You cut taxes. Yeah. You grew the economy. Then you cut regulations and got all those regulations down. In your second term, you had a plan to shrink government – Republicans in the House could probably benefit from that plan. How important is it to keep cutting the deep state and getting this government down to a more manageable size? Well, I was doing That's it, a great and question. then we got hit with COVID, right. and we had to help the people with COVID. That's you know, right. if we would have done that, this country would have—I don't think it would have existed. You know, it was—we uh, did a great job with COVID. I've always felt that, you know, people give me a lot of credit on foreign policy and the economy and things, but they, they don't like doing it on COVID. I think I did— 
among the best jobs on COVID because all of a sudden something came in that nobody had any idea what it was. We were flying blind. But we knew it was killing a lot of people. And, you know, I closed it to China when a lot of people didn't want me to do that. Almost nobody wanted. That that saved a lot of lives. But, you know, uh, the COVID thing, obviously, we had to go guns a-blazing with, uh, with the money, and we had no choice. Otherwise, you know, we had to help people. They wouldn't have been able They lost their jobs. They were losing their jobs left and right. This was a shocking event, and uh, we came up with things that nobody, you know, our, uh, if, if you look at, like, Regeneron, you know, the therapeutic stuff right. that we did and, and all of the, the uh, ventilators that we got, we did such a, we were making them for the world, for the whole world. Yep. But we did a great job, and uh, but you know you had to do. You would have seen if if we didn't get hit with COVID, we had an economy the day before COVID came in, the likes of which no country ever in the world has ever seen. Everybody was working. African Americans, I always say it, Asian Americans, Hispanic Americans, women, men, no high school diploma, MIT diplomas, and doctorates. Uh, everybody was doing great, and the country was coming together. Then we got hit with COVID. And then by the time I left, the stock market was actually higher because the market you know, went down so drastically. Right. The market was higher than it was the day before COVID. And we did a great job. We handed over something that was great. And by the way, I read a report yesterday that we have more COVID right now. COVID is all over the place. What happened to Biden with COVID? I mean, we have massive numbers of COVID right now. And of course, the massive discussion to be had there is the answer to that question. And some say uh, one of the answers to that question is because of the vaccine push, which again, I know we're not there yet. We still got some time, but the president, where he's going to walk this line on this as he gets into these debates and these interviews and he gets questioned on it is going to be very interesting because when I hear him say something like that, like why? Well, the, you know, the answer to that question is going to be a big part of what people talk about. Yeah. And I'm still not convinced that he's going to be on the right side of that discussion. Whatever, whatever shape that discussion takes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I hear you. So, uh, one more. Uh, president on social media right now, where we're at in Truth Social. Cut 12, G. Roll that. Uh, we've seen all these revelations about the FBI, the Homeland Security Department, the Biden White House squeezing social media to censor people. You go out and create a new platform called Truth Social. It's now having record traffic this week. Yeah. What, what you've seen with the federal agencies and the solution you put in place. I'd love to get your reaction to both of those. Well, one of the things that was so shocking to me was when we saw the revelation of, you know, see the FBI and you always want to love the FBI and right. all of you know, what it stands for, the image of what it stands for. And then you see where the FBI was actually rigging the election, where they were suppressing bad news on Biden. And they say, push the good news on Biden and the exact opposite on me. And they were, you know, they, I don't know if you saw, they said it made the pollsters, uh, John Redlachlan and some others, real good ones. They said 17 point difference. I don't Mm -hmm. need, I didn't need 17 points. I didn't need anything. I didn't even need that. They didn't even do it because the election was a rigged election. But I will tell you that uh, when I saw the FBI's involvement in free speech uh, and anything you want to call it, the other thing, and it you know pertains to it totally, is 
the fact that the media is just so corrupt. Yeah. If you have a story that's positive about Trump, they just won't write it. And if you have a story that's positive about Biden or or some Democrat or whatever that side of the equation, they make it, you know, front page news. Even today, I noticed it's not a front page. It's a very small story in the New York Times. Now, think of that. This is the biggest thing, all the documents we're talking about. Right, he gets caught right. with highly classified at the highest level. You know, the marking was the highest level. Right. He gets caught, and they have a little story in the Times. It's It's got a small story in the Wall Street Journal. Uh, it's got, you know, a small story in the Washington Post. If that were me, it would be the whole front page. It is such – the media is so corrupt – and, you know, I think if I've done one thing, and I'm very proud of it, uh, we've, we've done so much, but one thing that I'm very proud of that I think people don't talk about, I think I've exposed it all. I don't think it would ever have been exposed if anybody else were in the position. I think I've exposed it all, and now you can go get it because they have really exposed themselves as being corrupt. Mm -hmm. Even the Pulitzer Prize, if you look yeah, at that. Yeah, you I mean, sued them, get yeah. To get the Pulitzer Prize for oh, Russia, dude, Russia, Russia. You can't finish it, but uh, you get the idea. Uh, good stuff from the president. Good stuff from John and Amanda. Got really some great answers from the president on that. And he's right about everything about the double standard here with Biden and the documents. So, all right, great show. Great chat tonight in the Getter Chat. Uh, as always, we salute our military, active and active poli police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, everybody on the front lines. Thanks, guys, on the show. Thanks, G. Thanks, friend. Most of all, thank you, the live from Studio 6B audience. We'll see you tomorrow night on a Wednesday, live from Studio 6B.